welcome to the First Issue Club comic book podcast. We're your weekly reading club who, just like Sue Storm, we love a good read. I'm Mike. And I am Vargas. We are missing one Greg Lichtig today. Our fearless leader, lost at sea. Salute. <laughs> He's got to count all the grains. Make some money on grain, baby. <laughs> Bring us back that sweet wheat cheddar. <laughs> wheat cheddar. It's my favorite breakfast cereal. Yeah. <laughs> um what a what a week we've had in comic books um new york comic-con yep was this past weekend um we might talk about some of that on today's show i think i've got one or two big things out of there yeah um but you know some of it you've maybe heard too much of so we won't cover it ad nauseum i've got a couple takes on a couple little things. I did have a tiny slip of paper at some point, but... It's back there. All right. I don't necessarily need it. <laughs> they might be in the vault. Your mind is a steel trap. Thank you. Hey, to keep all this knowledge in it, as I gaze upon my comic book boxes, <laughs> holding all my collection, a steel trap that's got all this, all these pages held within it. Do you feel like when you read a comic book or a series like are you basically like oh yeah i remember this character they appeared in this series or does all of it just kind of like blink out of your mind i retain most of it do you unfortunately i'm bad about retaining stuff like that yeah i can't do like long division or <laughs> remember if i brushed my teeth this morning <laughs> right but i can remember that Batman shot a guy with the God bullet in Final Crisis. Yeah. Are you also good at like watching a movie one or two times and then yes. like quoting all the things? Yes. I cannot do that for the life of me. That just blows my mind the fact that people remember so many lines from movies. As that guy, it's not useful at all in <laughs> any stretch of the imagination. In fact, people find it extremely annoying when you quote The Simpsons all the time. <laughs> I will say there are certain people whose sense of humor is like regurgitating things they've heard. Yeah. You're not one of those guys. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> one of those guys. Uh, I had to learn to not be one of those guys. <laughs> you grew out of it. I did. I did. Uh, yeah. It's not um, It's not a good trait to have. Yeah. But, you know, different strokes for different folks, I guess. Exactly right. I was kind of... Th uh, lately, I've been thinking... Why don't I throw a party when I hit 10,000 comic books? Have I talked to you about this before? No. I think I'm going to have a party over here. Dope. When I hit 10K comics. Shout out to 10K. Uh, and I'll do a keg. Hell yeah. Beers. I'll maybe... I'll have to think of some like fun, interactive comic book facts or things. Uh -huh. Or like some games. For people who come over to just like casually like write a guess on a whiteboard or yeah, put it in a hat and do, definitely. do some like goofy prizes and things. But I'll probably, it'll just be, I haven't had a house party in a long time and I haven't had an excuse to. And how, uh, how close are you? I'm like a thousand books away. I'm just under 9,000. Oh, me too. Yeah. We might do it. Should we have a co 10 k party? Dude. <laughs> Greg's got to be there if not close, right? Yeah, he's probably close. We'll have a 10K party. First Issue Club 10K party. And we'll fly out 10K beers. <laughs> Hell yeah. You got to join. But you got to bring 10,000 beers. One yeah. for each book. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we expect a smorgasbord of beverages. That would be a blast. Yeah. Totally. So just an idea. A good one. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I dug up a little bit of news in lieu of our boy not being here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll see it. He's... Greg is normally the news guy, yeah. so forgive us if we side tangent quite a bit this episode. Yeah, but we just have such a good rapport. Exactly right. That we can't help it. <laughs> it's not that we can't stay on track. Correct. <laughs> it's not that brain thing that I have at all. Uh, all right, so we'll talk about the hard to talk about one first. Yeah. I showed you the new Spawn costume. Yes. Do you have thoughts, hot takes on the Spawn costume? For those of you out there in listener world it is mech inspired i mean yeah. it looks very rob liefeld 90s yeah it's it's 
almost like a... It's like a cross between that vibe and like a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah. Japanese anime-inspired yeah, cyberpunk like if, sort of thing. Like if Voltron was human-sized. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It looks really rad. It looks really cool. Yeah. Um, I like that they're like changing his hair and making yep. it a little bit more modern. More modern. He looks less like a like a army guy. Yep. I know that Spawn is like an army guy, but yep. I I like it. I think it's a cool redesign. Yep. Um, With how many different Spawns they have at this point? Yeah. Like, yeah. Do something more modern with the guy. Right. I'm all in. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see if this like is just for this book. Mm-hmm. Like if, cause it's for a new spawn book called rat city. Yeah. That's going to revolve. I, I imagine given the title that it's going to be more of like a Gotham central kind of, yeah, it's the world of spawn mm-hmm. and not necessarily a spawn book. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if that's going to just be like, Oh, this is the first appearance and then new costume is going to roll over to the main title. Or if this is going to be kind of separated. I think separate. I would imagine. I think we're going to have our own like Blade Runner spawn over here. Dope. For Rat City. <laughs> Hopefully we get into the spawn verse. Yep. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I, I didn't know if you'd have any hot takes on, on the spawn costume, but it does look pretty rad if you, if you want to Google it. Yeah. And we're excited about the writer who is... I'm trying to, I'm spacing on her name. Is it Erica Schultz? Erica Schultz. Thank you. Yeah. Um, First woman to write Spawn. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> I'm just remembering the Todd McFarlane tweet where he was just like, announcement, female writing Spawn. Jesus. The first time a female has written Spawn. A family writes Spawn. <laughs> and I was like, this just doesn't read right. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think a lot of men do this, especially maybe of Todd's generation and don't realize they're doing it. Yeah. But the the problem, if you're listening and you're like, what's wrong with that statement? To me, when I hear female, (laughs) it's like you're talking about like, like, creatures and animals yes exactly (laughs) it's just like just the gender like none of the human yeah right (laughs) it just like it just has a poor ring to it off and and maybe there are people more you know tuned in than me that have more reasons why you should or shouldn't say that no man maybe it's okay but like when i saw that i was just like todd no yeah (laughs) yeah have someone younger announce that it's got it's got major like reddit vibes yeah yeah like these females went on a date with a female last night Uh like you probably live in your mom's basement don't you yeah so grown woman who's a human in her own right erica schultz is is writing Rat City, and I love uh, Hollow's Eve that she's doing, which is a Spider-Man tie-in. Yeah, and that char- I think that character is so stinking cool. Yeah, and those books have been really fun. And I don't know how many issues it was intended to be, but it just keeps going and going and going. And I think the reception of that character has just been like fantastic so it's really i almost cool. bought issue one just for the character design yeah like the character design is so yeah top it's notch. cool there's a couple different spider-man tie-ins like that red goblin book with normie yeah that book just keeps going and going too and i'm like man it's great that's um alex is it pacna pacnadel i don't know how you say his last yeah. name but i think it's pacnadel who did um all against all yeah it's like really great book so killer yeah um and gold goblin too is still going right I think it is. Wild. Uh, that one might have wrapped up. Good. <laughs> Less Spider-Man. <laughs> I guess I'm J. Jonah Jameson now. Um, okay, new Spawn costume. Cool. Uh, one of the big headlines that I thought was really interesting out of NYCC yeah. was that DC is releasing the other version of Death in the Family. So... It's crazy that it's been on ice for this long. Yeah. It 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 has the same feeling to me when Marvel was like, "Oh, we're finishing ba- uh Captain America White." 
Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're just like, that idea? Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, ba- uh, Death in the Family was the story famously where you could uh, uh, call in and vote whether Jason Todd lived or died. Yeah. And These savage DC fans. Yeah. They uh, they killed him off. Joker beat him to death with a crowbar. So presumably this alternate one is going to be the one where he lives. Yeah. Um, of course, they have announced a facsimile version of 437 or whatever where he dies to yeah. coincide with the release of this alternate story. But yep. um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see this other version of this famous story where Jason lives. I know I've seen, I think that page went up for auction at some point. Okay, sure. Did Todd buy it? <laughs> Maybe. He's the sort of guy who... If I if would, I were betting yeah. without knowing anything else, he's who I would bet. I can't believe he bought the um, that home run baseball. Oh, yeah. That's got to be worth jack shit now, right? Yeah, of course. What? No one said he was a smart guy. What a fucking bummer. Um, some other news. Gen V got renewed for season two. I'm pretty excited about that. That's the boys spinoff. Oh, uh, okay. Cool. Amazon Prime. Nice. Um, it's focused on a school for superheroes in the boys universe and focused on a group of students that are uncovering the sordid secrets of the school they attend yeah so that's pretty cool pretty stoked about that i love that show love that universe yeah right um the other thing i wanted to talk to you about i don't think we talked about this yet and i wish greg was here for it but we are based in kansas city the only news in kansas city right now is that travis kelsey is maybe dating (laughs) taylor swift Uh uh-huh right and the rumbling that keeps going around. Everyone acts like it's their brother dating Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is huge news for me. Of course of course it is. <laughs> this is like, Taylor Swift has been to Kansas City. Something happened to me, guys. Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey. <laughs> a football player of a, the city a, I live in. A man in my town. <laughs> uh, but the, the rumor that keeps going around and has only picked up steam is that Taylor will be playing Dazzler in Deadpool 3. I keep hearing that, yeah. Um, and it got reinforced because she was at a Chiefs game with Hugh Grant and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, who both star in... Who both star in Deadpool yeah, 3, currently right. in the process of like filming or something. I think editing. I think it's done filming. Well, it's... Maybe? In the process of being made. Something's happening with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I love this idea. Yeah. I think it would be so much fun yeah to see her show up because she has acted in other things before i'm trying to think of if i've seen her in anything i know for a fact she was in an episode of new girl Uh she shows up as like not herself not as taylor swift yeah but she has shown up in cameos and done a couple of other (laughs) things um well they didn't they have they had brad pitt do like a throwaway role in the first deadpool movie didn't they uh, no, in Deadpool 2, he shows up as uh, the, the invisible guy. Yeah. And he gets shocked by the thing. And, and then he, you see his face. Yeah, you see his face. Yeah. Um, so I think they've they've got a history of just like showing you one second of someone like uber famous. Yeah. So I'm in, assuming it's like the quickest cameo you'll ever see if it even happens. Yeah. The That book is like both of those books, Dazzler number one and... Um, Dazzler's first appearance, which is like X Men mid one hundreds, sure, um, are both kind of going up in value, but they're not like they're not like colossally high. Yeah, I'd say like there was a time a couple of years I bought I bought a Dazzler in like a nine four or a nine six number one, and I think I got it for like forty five dollars. Yeah, or something. that sounds about right. I was gonna say probably a fifty or sixty dollar book now. And now it's yeah, I think it's up around there, yep. maybe maybe even like twenty bucks more. Yeah, but the the X Men one, her proper first appearance has always been way pricier. I mean, it's X Men in the hundreds. Yeah, I think so. I have a, I think I got a seven for like eighty bucks. Sure, 
it might be right around the same price. Yeah. That's always been kind of a weird one just because it's like Dazzler was a character that everyone was kind of like, eh, disco, corny. Yeah. And is, you know, over time, it's like, we love Dazzler and we never see her in anything. Like, she's so cool and quirky and weird. And then, so I don't know. I do like that character. I like Dazzler a lot. Yeah. Uh, Great. It's a character who got reinvented very well. Yeah. For sure. Leah Williams wrote that really recent book that was like the. Executioners. Is that what it was called? Right. Yeah. Exterminators. 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 That book was so cool. It was so good. Yeah. So good. Um, That's all the news I had. Do you have anything? I had a couple short things. Let's hear it. Um, One was just a thing I saw and thought was really cool was that Hot Topic does this thing called Her Universe. Okay. Have you ever heard of it? No. But why wouldn't you call it universe because <laughs> oh, it sounds like hearse like you're driving a it's hot topic <laughs> that's true it is on brand <laughs> it isn't goes it? like three ways <laughs> but the deal with her universe is that fans design clothes inspired by like nerd culture stuff sure so it might be like video game characters or comic book characters yeah yeah and i got an email about the her universe winners of like the captain marvel edition and then so they take these two young designers uh-huh. who won a contest and then hot topic actually makes their clothes cool and sells them you know in stores and online and i thought that was just a cool like opportunity thing yeah. and a rad thing for for women and designers yeah. and we're doing like you know they do these uh girl power female empowerment sort of commercials and things for the movies and then it's like how did you do much for women yeah right <laughs> the commercial was directed by a, a man yeah and it's like starring a guy and yeah and like everybody jumps in on this like marketing train of like we're good because we're printing this T-shirt, but it's like none of none of the money goes to like women making anything. You're yeah. just like loading Disney's pockets and your own pockets with this stuff. Yeah. So it was cool for them to be like, we're gonna tie in our um, promotion and our materials for the Marvels with this her universe thing that, Very that cool. does designers. So I thought that was rad. Yeah. And then my my next thing is maybe more of a a conversation here. So I got an email from Shortbox. Shortboxed. Yeah, they're doing Today auctions. or yesterday that they're adding auctions yeah. to the app and platform. Yeah. And we've talked about Shortbox a handful of times on here. Yeah. Um and I'm I'm I think I'm at a point with Shortboxed where I'm like you couldn't have made a better looking app sure that i feel more confident in if i buy something on it i'm going to get it yeah like i trust it definitely the part about it that doesn't work is the selling community they list books for hundreds of dollars over what fair market value is yeah and shortbox did an update where they put color indicators on things yes that was like red is bad yellow is good or yellow is like all right fmv and then green is like this is a fair cost for this book this is a good price for this book even the greens are sometimes a hundred dollars more than what you could win a book for on ebay for sure but you don't have to deal with the auction right yeah even with that update it's been like it's barely changed the way people list things. Yeah. Like I'll I'll look for something on eBay and I won't find decent auctions for it or I'll, I'll find a, I'll bookmark a couple buy it nows and look at what some things have sold for recently and then I'll move over to Shortboxed and the Shortboxed prices are just always with there's never an option for me to buy on there they're always yeah. outrageous and they've also done this make offer thing but it's like if your listing price is four hundred dollars more than it should be i don't want to have a bullshit back and forth with you right well I, so to, to me short boxed has always been like 
that's the place you should go to sell that $15,000. Sure. You know, like Captain America won in a nine, nine or whatever the fuck. Right. Yeah. Like, it that's makes, where you should go to do that. It makes maybe more sense as a stock X for comic books. Yeah. Where like really rare Jordans are going up on here and people are making offers. And if you own the shoes, you can meet that offer. Right. But it's like prestige stuff. Yeah. I think they l- launched their app, maybe needed more purchases to make it sustainable that's exactly what i think happened and so they let people start listing raw books yeah and now the thing is like filthy with really crappy raw comics that are all overpriced yeah so it's impossible to like find anything good i think the community being unwilling to list things for a even somewhat reasonable price is like destroying short boxed, even though like I just think there's maybe not a scenario wherein you can do this better than someone like an eBay already does it. Yeah. I, I think I think the people who were excited and still are excited for short boxed are speculators. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It's people that it's a make a buck community. Yeah. Not for a, sure. not a get a deal community. Yeah, exactly. And um, it's gotta be somewhere in the middle with some give. And maybe the auctions um bring some heat to that. But I don't think at they the will. same time, I think a lot of the auctions are gonna start at like unreal high prices. Well, even if even if they start at fair market value, yeah. you're not gonna be able to compete with whatnot. Yeah. Where like okay everything starts at five bucks like whatnot is where you go to unload your comics. Yes, this is very true. <laughs> whatnot is like I have to get rid of stuff. Like, hey, this book goes for sixty bucks. One guy on here wants it for twenty dollars. Great, yeah. you're getting it for twenty bucks. Yeah, I've there's I, I've gotten some great great stuff on whatnot. I I joined a whatnot auction that was specifically titled one dollar slabs. Wow, one dollar start slab. And the yeah. and the note was do not buy anything for over twenty dollars in here. Yeah. Because they were just trying to like the whole idea was they're trying to get rid of stuff. Yeah. And help people start a, a slab, slab collection. collection. It's just yeah. like fun to I'll, I'll say there are some graded comics that I have that now it's like, why do I have this? Sure. But at the time it's just fun to have a slabbed comic. Yeah. So it's just like, this one's $20. Like, great. Yeah. And it's like, no one's going to pay $20 for this. Yeah. Again, which is like $5 less than it costs to even slab something. Yeah. I got a Moon Knight 18 and an 8.5 for like $17. <laughs> right? Because yeah. like, whatever. Oh, you know what I was really excited about? I don't know if I posted this or not. I got Pretty Deadly, number one. Hell yeah. In a 9.8 the other day uh-huh. for 18 bucks. Hell yeah. I love that book. Yeah. It's such a cool book. Yeah. And it's one of those things that's just like, I've thought about slabbing my copy of it just uh-huh. out of like sentimentality. And it's just like one of the cooler like indie books I think I've ever read. Yeah. And I was like, well, I can buy one for $7 less than it costs to actually slab it. So Totally good deal. <laughs> I might as well guarantee myself a 9-8 yeah. and do it that way. So I was stoked to have gotten it. But really surprised that that book wasn't like a... a a more sought after thing or that there wasn't like a second person who bid on it or anything. It was, yeah. um, what Emma Rios uh-huh. and Kelly the Sue art, DeConnick. and then Kelly Sue DeConnick did the story. Yeah. What a fucking team. Yeah. That book was incredible. Yeah. I mean, that whole story, uh, did you read the follow up? the rat? I did. That was awesome. Yeah, it was like cool. so good. Um, yeah, that's a no brainer. I would buy that for $17. Yeah seven days a week but that's the thing i think you've got like you like at least i i can speak for myself i'm kind of like an ebay vulture yeah where every night before i go to bed i'll zoom through the stuff that ends at like 7 a.m to like 4 p.m the next day just because it ends at a weird time yeah during business hours and then i'll i've got a job where i can like (laughs) 
switch over to my phone every once in a while and bid on something. Yeah. And I get tons of stuff for like, sometimes it's $100 less than fair market value. Sometimes it's like right at fair market value. Yeah. And I'm stoked to get it at a fair price even. Sure. Um, but that's the kind of buyer I am. And I think that's the kind of buyer a lot of people are. And that's just like not what Shortbox, to get back to my our, our conversation, it's not what Shortbox is selling. So for, I think they're trying to do a cool thing and they're trying to like make it a, sm- a smaller space that's content rich with just the things that you're looking for. Yeah. So the filters can be catered right towards it, right? Sure. There are some things that you just can't filter on eBay because it's built for everything, not for just comic books. Definitely. And though that's part of like the strength in in Shortbox, but they need the sellers to get on board with like I have to like if I'm I'm not here to just list my collection and show it off. Well, they they need to go one way or the other. They, yeah. they need to be the prestige place for comics yeah. where like if you come here, you're going to buy that thousand dollar comic. Everything gets listed over a hundred dollars. Yeah. Like there's no like. Or or they need to like break it out and be yeah. like prestige short box is its own thing. Yeah. And we also have like dollar bin bundles. Yeah. Right. Yep. Sure. <laughs> I don't know because I, I, I don't see any of that. Like right. I've never opened short boxed. And been like, oh, I'm interested in that. Mm-hmm. It's all way, way, way too pricey. And then they've got their dudes on the homepage a lot of times. Yeah. Has videos of guys who are like, what's up, Shortbox family? Like, I'm <laughs> I'm unloading like 20 assets today. And we're going to like, I'm listing all this great stuff. This one is specking like unbelievably. Boo. And they're guys talking at you like they're going to make a buck off of like they're all just like disingenuine hype guy. I want seller. I want followers on social media and I want your money. And it just doesn't. There are some things about like the sellers and the people that they're advertising on it that just don't feel like cool people. Whereas like a lot of what you're getting out of whatnot is like a really genuine experience with. Like there's the yeah. live chat going on and people really are there to just like unload their crap. So it's like, oh, you know, this book's worth nothing and I've got to sell my stuff. But like, man, was this story cool or this cover cool or this moment from this trade really cool. Yeah. And then people in the chat are popping off about that. But then somebody buys it for a dollar and then someone like- <laughs> buys it for a dollar. But it's but I do love the like personal yeah. aspect of D- it. Definitely. And this is very like. Like what? like you said, it's like clean and modern and white space, and yeah. it does feel like it's a place built for like you're gonna have a really great, safe, validated experience buying five hundred dollar comics, and you're gonna pay for it, and you're gonna pay for <laughs> yeah. it. But instead, everyone's got like twenty dollar comics on there, yeah. listed at like two hundred dollars a pop, yeah. And you just like it's not worth your time filtering through like the things that are you know, 500% of what they should cost. Yeah, exactly. To find like the thing you're looking for. And then not buy it because it's $400 more than it should be. Yeah. (sighs) Well, enough venting. Good. (laughs) Let's get into some comics we read this week. Dope. Um, I know we read at least one of the same book. You want to go over that one first? Yeah, let's do it. So we both read, is it Zoe or is it Zoe? I've always said Zoe, but now that you say that, I don't know anymore. Okay. Well, it's Ms. Thoroughgood's. <laughs> Zoe Thoroughgood uh, wrote Hack Slash Back to School. Yep. Um, she is the creator of It's Lonely at the Center of the Earth. Have you read it? I have not. One... I know it got all the accolades. It's one of the best graphic novels I've ever read. I have. It's... I got like chills saying that. It's yeah. like so good. That's what I've heard. Yeah. That's what I've heard. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I know. I'm. I'm. I'm a really a fake comic fan. <laughs> when you really get well, down to it, and well, that's. It's definitely not. It's interesting to see. Zoe Thorogood, right, doing this comic book, and she's done a couple. Of, like she did Rain. Yes. 
Um, but it's it's just funny to see someone do like monthlies and floppies who also wrote this like work of art. Right. Really prestige. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right. Like it's there's I just don't feel like there's a lot of crossover of like a lot of the people who do like the fantagraphics graphic novels, like you yeah. don't see them publish like monthly things. Right. Um I think she nailed it though. I think you probably think she nailed it too. Yes. And um, I I also like I think her art from It's Lonely at the Center of the Earth to Rain to this book uh-huh. looks like it's evolved into more of a I don't want to more of like a expected expected comic book style. Yes. I didn't want to say I was trying to find the right word. I didn't want to say palatable. Yeah. I didn't want to say because her work is like gorgeous and unique. Right. But it start it's starting to feel more like what you would expect to see when you're flipping open like a normal indie comic book or even like a Marvel and DC book that's a little more like punk rock and yeah on the outskirts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's still and I think she's a great pick for hack slash specifically yeah. because the character is so like punk rock. Like yep. that is very much the aesthetic. Yep. Um and I think Tim Seeley, the creator, co-creator of Hack Slash, probably had a lot to do with like picking her yeah. to do this. Um yeah, the art in here is is absolutely gorgeous. I loved the use of color. Yep. Like there's a lot of really really bold neon. Yep. In a book that is traditionally like very black and white and red. Yeah. Uh, Cassie Hack is very much a goth chick. Mm-hmm. Um. So you get a lot of those like dark tones, but yep. you get pages like this in this book that are like yellow and pink almost entirely. I thought the the thing we're communicating here with like the her heart beating rapidly and vibrating and then dripping and oozing and then becoming like abstract art. Yeah. Like is such a cool motif of like explaining like shock and being frozen and not knowing what to do with yourself. Yeah. She's also so good at like taking something like these like beautiful looking characters. And then when she moves to something grotesque, it is like very grotesque. Yeah. Like (laughs) the, the ability to like counter this like oddly like twisted and turned face with like how perfectly she can like contour things. Like that's like such an interesting thing to look at. And then I even wanted to see if you saw some of this stuff. When I was reading this digitally, I thought the paneling on the page after that is showing what's going on currently with a flashback that's like paralleling her past experiences. But in the same panel. But in the same panel that's like slashed through, which again, hack slash, uh uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Oh. But there are even parts of it where it's like, you see dialogue bubbles, but you're not even like getting the dialogue. Right. Where you're like creeping more into the feelings of one than the other. Yeah. And I just thought the paneling of it was was genius. I I know that this creator is somebody who gets like stressed out when people tell her she's a genius. Yeah. One because she's very young and it's like yes. the first one of the first things you publish everyone's like it's brilliant and you're like I don't is it brilliant? Right. Am I a fake? Like, can I ever meet? Like, are people going to expect this from me for the rest of my life? Um, I think she's such a talented person. And I love seeing that she can, like, flex her muscle and just, like, tell a fun story like this. Yeah. But I hope that she gains a lot of confidence from doing stuff like this because she's bringing something to the table here that I just think like you don't see a lot in 
in comic book sort of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to say with like printed work on a page, it's kind of like everyone's done the like fourth wall breaking and the interesting formatting yeah, that you can do in a comic book to this point. And then you read something like this and it's this young person doing something that's just like pretty stuff, yeah pretty like, unique just like pretty yeah. unique and just like stuff you haven't seen and it's just like anytime there's something that you haven't seen before in a comic book as someone who owns almost 10,000 comic books <laughs> yeah. it's just, it is like a moment where you're like you stop and you're just like whoa what yeah like oh it conveys such an interesting thing and just like no one's thought to do that before yeah so cool yeah for sure um no i totally agree i i think she i think you can feel in this book that she's having fun writing it and creating it yeah um so the premise of the book for those of you who don't know uh yeah sorry i went off a little bit there no i'm a big fan (laughs) yeah no totally and she deserves it right like she totally does um the premise of the book uh this is I was trying to. I don't know what the word is. A, a midquill. It's yes. not. A, it's not a prequel. Yeah. It's not a sequel. Um, That's a, what a great term. This is. This is happening more often. I think yeah. it wasn't um, the last Saw movie. Is oh, it was like, like a mid. Thing? Yeah, it's like yeah. this one takes place like at like between like the second one and the third one. Sure, they've done Fast and Furious movies like that too. Yeah, three. <laughs> Tokyo was, Drift was yeah, yeah Tokyo Drift they we need a term for that midquill is great a midquill I you, love it you heard it here first folks um so this takes place the year after Cassie Hack has slain her first slasher and become a hunter but before she is a tried and true knock 'em dead killer yeah um and she gets recruited over the course of this book by a veteran slasher hunter to go to a slasher hunter academy yeah and meets the colorful cast of female characters that inhabit that school uh yep and i it just it felt so fun and fresh yeah it felt like the first time i read hack slash yeah sure like you get this badass female chick paired up with this big hulking dude uh-huh. killing like the the creatures out of your horror movies yeah that the first time i read it was like this fucking rules uh-huh. and i love this <laughs> and i want to read all of it yeah and and now you get something that's like that with like a scoop of ice cream on top yeah you know? <laughs> like right. oh it's a school full of these chicks that uh-huh. fucking slaps yeah like, yeah uh i think we're gonna meet a lot of interesting characters like yeah they teased like a a handful that are probably gonna be like the main few girls she ends up interacting with throughout the course of this but even just like the small taste we got of them was fun because yeah. they're all like you know what they do in these sort of like books where like an outsider gets brought in and has to like work with a new team. And then there's like the quirky friendly one and like the dark brooding one who you have to like earn their trust and then you you figure out their damage and it makes sense why they're such an asshole to you. Yeah. Like we're doing a lot of like those things that are, are fun in a book like this. Yeah. But to your point, right. This, this all feels very like it's familiar enough. Yeah. But through, zoe thorogood's lens yeah it feels fresh and unique yeah, right um i would love to i'm sure that this is going to be a limited most mm-hmm. hack slash stuff is but i would love to see her do a sequel book that's like a true sequel but that brings back yep. these characters in grown-up form. times yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um or we bring it to the present day of hack and slash yeah yeah, yeah exactly not modern times i say it like this is a period piece <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we bring it back to the 1900s when <laughs> hack slash takes place uh-huh. uh but no this this book ruled um i would recommend this to anyone who's a fan of horror i guess i didn't say that this is definitely a horror book yeah don't pick it up if you're squeamish yeah but I loved it. Yep. Very cool. I love there's a part at the near the back where the 
some of the girls keep trying to get like a word in and our the woman who runs the academy um, oh keeps <laughs> her word bubbles entirely overlay their word bubbles yeah you don't see a single word they speak <laughs> yeah and i just that's something i don't think i've ever seen either yeah and i was just like god that's such a cool way to convey that people are like eh, but uh, uh, yeah it just totally <laughs> it's over like it. we don't need the like few words that get cut off it's like you get it from the empty word bubble that's overlaid by the other stuff yeah it's just like little things like that that it's like uh duh right like that makes so much sense i've just never seen it so yeah i was just i had a really good time reading that um pick this book up specifically for the robot zombie dog yeah, right? that, the little pug was <laughs> yeah, cool. The little pug. Yeah. Um, did you read anything else? No, that was it. I know that you you get your big bundle all at once. I know. And then you read it all, and yep. then you get to report on a thousand books. Yeah. Um. Well, I read two others this week. Um. The big release for me, I think, was "Beneath the Trees Where Nobody Sees," and my first thought when I got this book was a tweet that somebody did some big creator tim seeley or mark wade or somebody and it was like comic book names in the 60s spider-man comic book names now beneath the trees where nobody it's like yeah. oh, a book uh-huh. on the front um so i kind of just signed it up for the novelty of the name yeah and then i heard the premise where it's like the cover is very striking. The cover is extremely striking. It looks like a Berenstein Bears book, but like it's like the world of it's Arthur. Creepy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's these anthropomorphic animals that live in a society that is, you know, everybody's friendly, and it's this little small town. And yeah, what's the what's the little caterpillar guy town? Caterpillar guy. There's a little cat. No, not a caterpillar. Like an inchworm that's in a uh, apple. He right, drives an apple around. Oh, the very hungry cat. No. No, he drives the apple. I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name of it. Yeah. Couldn't name it's it. It's like a Richard Scary thing. Yeah. Horton Hears a Who. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's Horton Hears a Who. Anyways, yeah, a little idyllic cartoon town. Yeah. Um, and, and as it goes on, you know, we see this bear and we interact with her and we fall in love with her and her friends. Yeah. And then she goes on this trip to the city, and the book starts to get a little grimier. The city's a little more rough and tumble. Yep. You see these anthropomorphic animals like doing three card Monty. Well, can I say just the page you were on? Yeah, is like beautiful. Like the yeah, that transition is great. Of just like we've gone from like hunky dory, everyone is smiling, to like she's crossed the city line yeah and just the change yeah the change in her like smile to like flat mouth is ever so slight yeah but it is incredibly effective for sure of just like we're we're slipping into something weird and mundane here yeah this was like the it's like the moment when in um, too many cooks Yes. Where you start to get the idea that something's like, that it's going to get like heinous. It's like, it's just been clued. When when it's, <laughs> when you get to like minute three yeah. and you're like, this is going on for way too long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you start to get these, yeah, these hints, you know, the city's a little grimier. You get these like people kind of, you know, doing their city life. Um, and then you get to a point where our main character drugs and kidnaps this duck man from the city and then it really goes off the rails. Um, and it turns out that she, our lovable bear character is like a Dexter. Yeah. She's very calculating, cold serial killer. And she has killed 43 people over the course of like 20 years or something. She's just been doing this over and over and over. Yeah. But the clincher of the book, so she she kills this guy, chops him up, buries him in the woods. Is he a rando? He's a rando. Okay. She's she's got these rules, right? Just like Dexter. He hasn't done anything good or bad. Correct. Dexter's Dexter's thing is like, I'm killing heinous people. Correct. 
she's she's got rules where she's like, I don't do this in my hometown. Yeah. Because it's going to draw attention to me. I don't pick anyone I know. I always get random people, yeah. whatever. So she does that. And then we get to, you know, she's living her life, whatever, the, the completely, you know, without anybody knowing. Yep. And then we get to this this parade scene that they've been talking about the rest of the comic. And it turns out that someone in the town has killed another someone in the town. Oh. So our main character's concern is people are start looking into a murder. They're going to start looking into a murder. See all the clues of her. It's going to start pointing to me. Yeah. So the book is going to be her looking for this other serial killer in the town. Got it. But again, it all takes place in this like Richard scary kind of world. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. It's super cool. I'll have to I'll have to get my hands on this if it's not sold out. This is this is going to be a really really interesting book. Yeah. And that's the B cover. It looks like a storybook. Yeah, that's rad. Yeah. Um I I don't know that I could recommend this book more. How weird. Yeah, I love the concept of it. It's yeah. just bizarre. It it's it's very bizarre. I don't know what I don't know what the elevator pitch would be for mm. this. I don't know how you like convince someone to sign on to this book and i i'll say that like i don't always have a taste for things that are like here's a cartoony character cursing a lot and doing hyper violent things uh-huh. like to to me that's a that can be like a a gimmick and the yeah. sort of like humor of someone cute saying fuck Sure. Isn't isn't funny to me. Yeah. Or someone cute with like a dagger that's like, kill, I love blood. Like that's not funny to me. Yeah. That's not what this is. No. I want to be clear, like as you're flipping through it, no, it it's is it, very clear that it's not just like stunt like cutesy gore. Correct. Like, isn't it funny that we're doing stuff that's like gory but cutesy? It's not that at all. Correct. There there is very much a separation between the cutesy town stuff. Yeah. And the horrible murder stuff and the the terror fr- that the book is trying to instill to you yeah. is the crossing over of those two things. Cool, yeah. Um, the other thing I really want to point out about this book is it's written and illustrated by the same guy. Wow, double duty. Which is insane yep. considering how clever this premise is. And it's all like watercolor. And how good the art is. Yeah. So Patrick Horvath. Shout out. Whoever you are. Hit me up, I guess. <laughs> Let's be friends. Um, so Beneath the Trees Where Nobody Sees, awesome book. Another IDW book. Dude, IDW originals lately have been so good. Fucking killer. This So, and, so good. Was it, was Antarctica the Top Cow IDW like crossover? Oh, I don't know. I know, I know it was Top Cow, but I think they teamed up with IDW oh, to do bizarre. it. Oh, bizarre. Yeah, IDW has been absolutely knocking it out of the park yeah um and I, we were talking a while back about like whether they were going to lean more into their um purchased ip sort of comic yeah. books and that's always a worry and a concern but just like reminder support books like this for sure because idw is just another place where that we're going to get more opportunities for more cool people trying to tell weird stories yeah. if we support weird books like this one. So Yep, and never forget, 30 Days of Night came out of IDW. So Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Beneath the Trees Where Nobody Sees, go pick it up, uh, turn it into Sick. a movie. <laughs> uh, and the last book I read, of course, everybody knew this was coming, from me, Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, what a funny title. Because... As the old gypsy woman cursed me, I must read and watch any movie where a giant animal eats someone. Yep. <laughs> so it's got like a little legendary imprint on it. Yes. So this this is an official crossover with okay. the Godzilla, the American Godzilla movies. Yeah. This takes place in the MonsterVerse. <laughs> oh, look at that. Yeah. We talked about the MonsterVerse a while back. Yes. Yeah. And I am jazzed about All it. All right. Cool. Um. So the kicker here is that the Legion of Doom is trying to rob the 
uh, Fortress of Solitude. Uh-huh. For some reason, on the night of yeah, villain reasons, for villain reasons, on the <laughs> night of Superman's engagement, he's proposing to Lois Lane. Uh huh. So <clears throat> during this heist, um, our heroes intervene without Superman because he's earned his night off. Yeah, you know, proposing to his uh, his bow, and I think it's. Green Lantern and Supergirl mm-hmm. get transported to somewhere, and the Legion of Doom gets transported somewhere. Turns out the somewhere is the MonsterVerse. Okay. They show up on Skull Island. All right, yeah. Um, So they meet Kong, like, right away. Yeah. And Toy Master stole... A, a gem of some variety from the Fortress of Solitude and makes a wish that these toys whoo, whoo, could come to his universe. Uh-huh. And the toys that he wishes for are End Godzilla up in Metropolis. And yeah. So Superman has to, you know, the end of the book is him staring down Godzilla um, and the Legion of Doom staring down Kong. And what's awesome about it is grod is in the legion of doom oh yeah and starts worshiping kong (laughs) he's like my brother you know like doing all this oh it's so good i'm so good and i'm so interested to see yeah if like he well he can telepathically communicate right right? that's can he communicate with he doesn't in the book yeah but that's what i'm hoping is that he doesn't need to speak english maybe if you can (laughs) Yeah, he could just ook and ock at him. Yeah, do your mind, <laughs> yeah, mind communication. I, I'm so interested to see if Grodd ends up like convincing Kong yeah. to help the Legion of Doom, right? And like Superman earns the trust of Godzilla uh-huh. or something, <laughs> and they like end up fighting each other, which is would be funny because I feel like, in my head anyway, King Kong is the more the, the I guess the character that you can have more empathy for. Well sure, he's the primate. Yeah. Right. Whereas Godzilla it's just like he's a bad dinosaur. Get him out of here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I get the point that he's like a product of pollution and radioactivity and yeah. like so it's it's our fault. Like Godzilla is like us reaping what we sowed. Godzilla is our own hubris. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Correct. But still when he comes on land and starts killing things, it's just like I'm like, let's kill this big dinosaur. Right. With King Kong, I'm like, don't hurt him. Don't. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. <laughs> he he kidnapped that lady because she was nice to him. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to find another lady who looks like her because she was such a sweetie. Poor Kong. Yeah. But fuck that dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. The, you know. You get what you have on the tin, right? Like yeah. it's it's giant Funny monsters fighting and, yeah. or yeah, whatever. Um I think I pre ordered they did not have it my LCS, but I think I pre ordered the soundbite cover. They had a cover where you open you it push a button and like and push it... a button and it makes Godzilla's roar. That's funny. It's yeah, incredible. So <laughs> I'll I'll say this. The one thing I really liked about this book, if this was a Marvel book, this would have been $7. Yeah. This was a $4.99 book. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. They're a big cheesy crossover. Yeah, it looks looks big. Yeah. So, worth your money. It's a plus size book. I think it's a... uh, think it's a six issue mini or five issue or something. If this goes 12 issues, I'm not going to read all of them. I'll tell you that much. You get these at Clint's? Yeah. They look kind of beat up. Yeah. That's that's a thing with there's the annoying thing about Clint's for me. Yeah. Is that when you walk into uh this store called Clint's in Kansas City, they'll be like, Hey, we're a collector's only store. We've never seen you before. True. If you touch something, you should be touching it to buy it. Because we have collectors in here who want things in mint condition, yada yada. The mission and- statement is I guess works for me. You'll you'll never leave a comic shop with worse comics in your life than when you leave Clint's. 
Well, yeah, because the ceiling's falling apart and everything is covered <laughs> in mold. Because that's it's true. Water damage. And then the people who who check you out or like used to check me out when I used to go there. Oh, they beat them up. They just manhandle your comic. It's almost like we make a point to be like, the no one cares about these. Yeah. Like, hey, we buy them to read them, and it's like you're, but you're telling people. Who you're like bullying people who come in who are young? Yeah, you're chastising people for flipping through a comic. Yeah, <laughs> like people like your customers of the next generation. You're basically being like, "Don't come in here," yeah. and I hate that because the comic book community should be like welcoming and fun, and you should check stuff out, yada yada. Um, I had, I just helped Mike Russo, who yeah. used to go on go by the Budget King on this podcast uh-huh. with a bunch of his, um books he wanted to send in for grading. Uh, and he's got a ton of books now that he got in at Clint's a, a ways back that um, are worth like hundreds of dollars now. And I was going through his books with him and we were opening them up. I was telling him what to press and what could just get graded. Almost none of his books were nine eights. And a lot of them were things that like, He'd never read or only read once in yep. Bagnum board. And it's because he got them at this shop. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I was shopping. I had changed to a shop in Overland Park. And my comics from that era are like pristine. And it doesn't make a difference for most comics. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But then you come across like those five comics in a span of five years that it's just like, man. It, it kind of paid off that I was buying comics during this span and I have Edge of Spider-Verse 2 that I bought for $3 and now it's worth, you know, five, six hundred bucks. And I kept all those, all, all my comics are nine sixes and nine eights. And his, I was just one after one that I was opening. I was like, nope, nope, nope. He pressed so many things that cost a fortune. Yep. And I'm hoping with some of the pressing that they can get the stuff out. There were some things that it was just like, God, is it color break? Or is it just like light reflecting off of like a little thing in the page that yeah. makes it look like white to me? Like, I don't know. But I felt so bad for him. But the good part about Clint's is that they order everything. Yeah. If there's a cover, they have it. They'll have <laughs> it. That is true. If you miss something... Chances are they're just going to be like loaded with it. Correct. On there, I'm. I remember I bought like, um, that Moira, where you the the book where you find out Moira is a mutant. Uh oh, Powers. It's it's either it's like Powers two or House yeah. two. Yeah. And that book like sold out, and I went there like two weeks later, and they still had copies of it, and I was like, shit, I'm, my copy was kind of beat up the first time around. Yeah. I'm going to buy another copy. And so I've, I've got two copies of that book. One's beat up because I guess I wouldn't have had to buy two copies yeah. if I hadn't have been shopping there. <laughs> but uh, I did the same thing with um, uh, the Kamala Khan Miss Marvel number one. Uh-huh. I bought a copy. My Moon Knight number one. Yep. I bought a copy there. The guy at the counter, sweaty hands, black cover. It has just like fingerprints all over the white part, and then all the black got smeared off the cover. Yep. And so I bought another copy of that. Uh, they fucked up so many of my books, but I'm so anal about like yeah. having minty, minty stuff that I'd buy, either buy another copy or go to another shop and get another copy. Yeah. I don't care that much. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I wish I was free of this burden. I wish I was maybe more like you. Well. You have a nicer collection than I do. <laughs> it has its pluses sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've never had a book come back from grading in a 9-8. Yeah. There's, there's the flip side, <laughs> right? Uh, and I didn't buy my Moon Knight number one at Glint's, so. Yeah. Um, all right, that's that's all I got. Uh, some pretty, pretty good stuff this week. All right, right on. On the Patreon this week, we just kind of shot the shit about... Some other stuff we've been reading. I, I finished the Final Crisis Omnibus. Yeah. And kind of gave a little bit of a take on it. And we talked about other stuff I can't even remember. But always fun over there. Good times. Uh, for the cost of a comic book a month. Patreon.com slash First Issue Club. Yeah. We, we try to do 
four four episodes uh a mo- or or one an extra episode a week yep over there we do i posted um i did a review of a book that that a uh, indie publisher was kind enough to send along yeah um mike always does unboxings when he gets his big shipments yep. or cgc stuff um greg and i are gonna get our shit together and keep doing that uh 007 we're doing a retrospective on james bond comics so yep. we've got a whole bunch of stuff over there check it out uh as a reminder to everyone we also post all these episodes in video version on youtube i always forget to say that yep we should do that at the beginning next time. Probably. <laughs> but if you want to go back and uh, take a look at some of this stuff, yeah. uh, see our shining happy faces, check us out on YouTube. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Licktig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash Club.